Welcome to Focus on 2025. I'm Michael Moore in Singapore. With me are my two partners, Chris Beaumont in Japan and Chris Riley in the United States. Uh, Focus on 2025's expertise is in the strategic development of leadership narratives so as to help business prepare for the opportunities that will emerge by 2025. Ethics, culture, and the power of transformation will be at the heart of the changes which are coming for all businesses. So in this episode, we're putting the focus on ethics, but in the context of COP26, which of course has been the 26th United Nations Conference on Climate Change. And the fact that 200 countries are coming together indicates that there is a very big, very global problem to be solved. So with the context of COP26 and the world and government leaders focused on climate change and emissions, we wanted to discuss the implications for business as it looks towards 2025. So Chris Beaumont, what opportunities does this offer business leaders? Uh, so many, Mike, and it's about simplifying the complex. And I think truth passes through three stages. I think it was a German, was it Arthur Schopenhauer said that, you know, first it's ridiculed, second it's violently opposed, and then it's accepted as being self-evident. And we've had Greenpeace and we've had Greta. And marketing had CSR and then CSV, and that was a positive view on sustainability. But it's a marketing promotion, and it's just incremental. And businesses need to think about it at the core to be sustainable. Um, we've said in the past that marketing is not leadership. And this could not be more evident than here in the context of COP26 and greenwashing. There are powerful frameworks, the United Nations, the SDGs, and that can change the purpose of business and it can change the language of business. The ex-CEO of Unilever, Pullman, has had a new text, Harvard Business Review, but I really think net positive is potentially a rallying cry. It could be a movement. Yep. Giving more to the world than you take away. It's not a sustainability. It goes on to thriveability, perhaps. Um, and th that could be something that all humans can take up as we reset after COVID our world's directions for the future generations. And I think the world is seeing that it is big business needs to give the lead in sustainability and they need to embrace it and they need to act differently. I would also like to shout out for the small guys, the small and medium ones and the households. In Japan, I have a daily trauma when I wake up to decide what garbage needs to be taken out when and where. <laughs> so how can we increase that? How can we create habits that know that we're doing good for society and making us more thrivable that go beyond perhaps local garbage regulations. It's for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, fantastic insights. Thank you, uh, Chris Beaumont. Chris Riley, um, who do you think is getting it right? Apart from Chris Beaumont. Apart from Chris Beaumont. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let's Garvey. just kick off with Chris's last point about net positive. I think he's, he's correct. And I think that... Um, it's very interesting having this conversation uh, based on, we decided to have this conversation about COP26 quite a few months after it happened, because that gives us the sense of, you know, what really got traction and what didn't. And, and you, can, you can see a number of things 
got instant traction and are now destined for hell. And one of them is net zero and carbon neutrality, right? So you've got a situation in the United Kingdom where the government uh, has just discovered that because it promised a country that would go to net zero, it got 1.7 million votes. And now it has to U-turn because they can't. So now they're going to lose those 1.7 million votes. To me, this is a, a Boris Johnson analogy for the entire world. There is no such thing as an easy path to net zero. There's a great uh, article I just read um, in one of the scientific journals, which actually just mapped out the technology that we would need to deploy in order to get to net zero when we need to get to net zero. And the answer is we don't have it and we can't plant enough trees. And, and the problem of that is that all these politicians and governments and marketing execs run around because net zero and carbon neutrality are actually really easy ideas for the public to kind of absorb. The companies that haven't done that, that have gone around the, the business of uh, improving their business, if you like, who actually may not have read Paul Pullman's book, but are basically following Paul Pullman's uh, ideas, uh, are looking pretty good. And one of those is uh, some folks that we all know very well, uh, who are the people at Uniqlo, who haven't gone around doing big marketing, marketing campaigns for net zero, carbon neutrality and all of this. They've just done the hard work as a very good company can do, of figuring out how to improve the way they design, make, and sell their products. So um, you're, you're asking, who do you think is getting right, getting it right? I'd point to them. Um, and so the companies that are just doing what businesses can do very well, which is focus on the detail, understand the process, make sure everybody's really kind of lined up against the objectives, uh, and improve the business. They're the ones who are getting it right, and. Uh, I would go back to the top of this conversation and Chris is right to draw our attention to give more to the world than you take away. To me, this is actually the best statement uh, I personally read. I understand it. It makes ethical sense to me. Uh, if my dear mother was alive and I said this to her, she would understand it and she would say, right, this is exactly what we should do. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a pretty genius myself. And, and I know that within the businesses that we work with, this is getting quite a lot of traction uh, because it's not marketing, basically. Well, it's also, I think, clear uh, from, from what we're observing and in terms of you know, who's getting it right and, and who's missing it, is that a singular focus on the strategic development of leadership narratives can help businesses and business leaders prepare for the opportunities that will emerge by, by 2025. And of course, this means effectively engaging people through ethics, through culture, and the experience of transformation. And uh, that is something we will continue to focus on 2025.